0: Hello and welcome to Inspire Me Today Radio. I'm your host, Gail Lynn Goodwin. To say that today's guest is a man of many talents and many accomplishments would truly be an understatement. To millions of readers, seekers, listeners, movie watchers, he is the man who speaks to their fervent desire to enhance their lives. He's a source of simple but profound life changing wisdom, words that inspire, and words and music that touch hearts. He shows that miracles can be achieved each and every day. Now, get this, he was once homeless, and now he's a luminary in the personal growth world, one of the stars of the blockbuster film The Secret, and the author of multiple best selling books. This guy is known as Mr. Fire. Don't you love it? He introduces people to the universal laws and practical systems and methodologies that provide an astonishing pathway to freedom from limitations and a means to achieve unlimited personal power, wealth, and success. In short, he achieves miracles. His name is Dr. Joe Vitale, and I am so honored to welcome him here today to share his inspiration with you, our community. Joe, welcome to Inspire Me Today, and thank you for taking the time to be with us today.
1: Oh, my pleasure. I've been looking forward to this. You're inspiring everybody, including me. It's <laughs> <What> an honor <laughs> well, to be here.
0: Thank you. Hey, well, let's jump right in with this, Joe, because this is seriously quite a story. If I got this right, you were homeless, and now you're this renowned teacher, movie actor, author, musician. How does someone do that? <laughs>
1: Well, You do it by uh, hanging in there, for one thing, following your passion for another one, and keep doing the next thing. When I stopped a few years ago and asked one of my assistants to compile a bibliography of my written works, it took her a couple of weeks, and I asked her, why is it taking so long? <laughs> and she said, did you realize you've written 50 books? And I thought, no, I was simply doing what was there for me to do next. And that's how any of this happens. Yes, I was homeless at one point. I was in poverty for a long time. But throughout it all, I was writing. I was pursuing publication. Eventually, I do get published. Eventually, the Internet comes along. Eventually, I'm invited to be in a movie called The Secret. More books come along. Travels come along. I just keep doing the next thing. But more importantly, following my inspiration and my passion there's any secret to what i've accomplished it's always keeping myself inspired by following my passion following my passion is what got me here and i think it's the ticket for everybody
0: great advice well you know joe sometimes we can look back on a specific point in our life at what we call those defining moments where Mm -hmm. we actually literally stepped off the ledge took that risk with only the belief that we'd succeed do you have one of those kind of moments in your life that you could share with us
1: I actually have several because I've recreated myself in, in so many different areas, you know, by being in a movie, by becoming a musician, by becoming an author, this, that, and the other. But what comes to mind, because I've been asked so many times, how did I get out of homelessness? What was the wake-up call? What turned me around from poverty? And there was no overnight success in, unless you say overnight was 30 years long because it was a long process, sure. but I do, I do remember waking up to the idea that my beliefs were creating my reality, and I was reading self-help books that were teaching me that. They were always free at the public library, and that's where I was living and hiding and learning, and I remember having the insight that I was pattering my, my life after the lifestyles of authors I admired. But unfortunately, were alcoholic, uh, suicidal, actually did die of suicides. And I suddenly woke up to the idea that I thought that's what I had to go through, that I had to have a miserable life and be unhappy and be homeless and be in poverty and really struggle in order to be a, a, a published author. And what I woke up to, the realization was that's not true that I could find authors who are healthy and happy and well-adjusted and prolific and productive and uh, experiencing abundance, model their beliefs and my life would change. So following beliefs, waking up to what my beliefs were, changing my beliefs, pursuing my passion with wholesome beliefs, fueling it to inspire me, that was really the, a defining moment for me.
0: So if I'm hearing this correctly, in order for you to get from where you were at your lowest of low point when you were homeless to who you are today, would you say the number one thing was just simply changing your belief system of what was possible?
1: That is the number one thing for any of us. I keep saying we live in a belief-driven universe. Change your beliefs and your universe changes. Everything that we see on the outside of us is really a projection of what's in us. And what's in us is a perception, is a mindset, it's a paradigm, it's a belief system. And if somebody doesn't believe something's possible, they're probably not going to take any action to make it so. Or if they do take some action, they'll self-sabotage it and make it not work because they don't believe it'll work. If somebody does choose to believe that their next steps are going to work out, Mm -hmm. they will take action because now they have hope, they have belief it will work out, and they'll up the odds of it actually working out because of their belief in that possibility. So I'm, I'm, I'm making it very simple, but yes, beliefs are the determining factor.
0: So for someone who's listening right now, Joe, who may be homeless or near homeless or fearing that that's where they're going... How do you wrap your head around, you know, you say, oh, I'm rich, I'm abundant, I'm a best-selling author, and you've got this screaming voice in the back of your head going, are you crazy? You don't know where you're (laughs) going to pay next month's rent. You know, how do you quiet that voice enough to have this belief? Is it you just play make-believe with your, you know, with your thoughts?
1: Well, that's a great question. There's several things to do, and one of them is don't argue with that voice acknowledge the voice. If you argue with it, you just give it fire and you give it fuel and it's got to keep barking at you. But if you listen to it and go, yeah, I really understand where you're coming from, things have looked bleak, but I think I'm doing some new things that are going to be different. So you create an inner cheerleader for one thing. I wrote a book called Attract Money Now that your listeners can have, and I, I wrote it for this very reason, for anybody who might be struggling but not have the money to go buy something to get them out of the hole. Attract Money Now is free at www.attractmoneynow.com. And the very first secret in the book, there are seven steps in the book, the very first one is about understanding your belief system. Most people have a negative attitude towards money itself. Most of us think it's a necessary evil. So even the people who are struggling and they're worried about money and they're, they're thinking, where am I going to get my next job or my next paycheck or how am I going to pay the, the bills? They have to understand that if they think money is bad or money is evil, they will keep it away from themselves. They have to make peace with money in their belief system internally. When they do that, and believe me, I had to do the same thing, when you start to do that and you see that money is actually a useful tool, it can help you live your inspired life and fulfill your dreams, and you can be a steward with money and direct it where it does the most good around the world, then you can allow money to come into your life. But as long as there's that negative attitude towards money, you'll allow just enough to squeak in to survive, but not more than that to thrive and prosper because you'll think that it's bad and you don't want bad in your life. So your question is, is a big one and the answer requires more time than this, but that's the beginning of it is looking at our beliefs about ourselves, about deservingness and about money itself.
0: Great answer. You know, Joe, it makes me want to ask you, did this come easy to you? I mean, back take us back to when you were homeless, when you were at the bottom, because some of our listeners, unfortunately, may feel like they're close to being in that point. And the letters and the emails that we get from our community reaching out to us are things like, how do I not be terrified? How? What do I do when fear pops up? So how did you overcome that challenge? Because you've been there and you've done it. So can you talk to us a little bit from that point of what steps did you take day by day to make this, to make it shift?
1: Well, the first thing I want to say is it's easier to get out of that rut today. Back then, I didn't have the Internet. We didn't have all of the kind of shows like this that were so readily available. And we didn't have all the support systems like Facebook and groups that we can get involved in. I, I was doing it pretty much on my own, so it took longer. The good news is we do have support today. What I would tell people is that we have to do some internal cleaning. We have to take care of our belief system. One way to do that is start reading, if you're not already, the success literature out there. There's a wealth of books, the famous books, Think and Grow Rich, The Magic of Believing, my books, other books by the people that were in the movie The Secret. Saturate your being with those books. And I know a lot of people don't want to read books. Well, get them on audio. Listen to the audios. I'd also be very choosy about what I listen to when it comes to the the news. I generally tell people, turn off the mainstream news. It is programming you to be in fear. It's called programming for a reason. They're programming you to believe in lack and limitation and the need for survival. It will put you into fear. So be selective about what you listen to. Listen to the, the show like this get the audio material that's going to be more positive and more encouraging and more supportive. And a really big thing to do that can dramatically change people's lives is start going to masterminds or support groups or meetings where like-minded people are trying to make a difference in their lives. I do know that way back I would go to the Unity Church meetings, the Unitarian Church meetings, the Science of Mind meetings. I would go wherever it was free, and there were people there that were trying to make a difference in their lives. I would do everything impossible to envelope myself in the spirit of inspiration so that I keep my energy up, I keep my optimism up, and I know I'm going in the right direction. That will speed up everything. It took me a long time because I was doing it on my own. But today you can accelerate the process to change your life and to get to that place where you feel really comfortable. And you have to have faith. Have faith in yourself, faith in tomorrow, faith in optimism, faith that everything is going to work out. Because the opposite isn't very happy. The opposite is faith that things aren't going to work out. It's faith in fear. It's faith in things being bleak, and that is just a horrible way to live. You can't accomplish anything. You can't achieve anything. You can't take action. You can't be healthy. You want to come from faith, that positive belief in yourself and your future.
0: Yes, yes, yes. You know, one of the things you said, Joe, was it's okay to take baby steps as long as you go in the direction of trust. The next time you're inspired to do something... Honor it. That's the divine talking. So talk to us a little bit about that, because so many times people have that. You know, you wake up at two in the morning and you've got this great idea, and you jump out of bed in the morning and you say to your spouse or your partner or your mom, whomever, "Wow, I had this really inspired idea last night." And they roll their eyes and they look at you and say, "Are you crazy? Do you know what I mean?"
1: And I absolutely do know what you mean. And And here's here's the million dollar advice there. Uh, inspiration's coming to all of us all the time. We get little ideas, nudges, whether it's to open a business or to write a book or just to do something like turn left at lunch when we always well, we turned right at lunch and went to the same place. Do something different. Inspiration's always knocking on our door. I would never share my inspired thought with anybody unless they can support me in manifesting it. I'm pausing for that to sink in. So most people can suspect who's going to rain on their parade. And if I get an idea to become a musician or to write a new song or to do any number of things that's coming from my connection to life, to divinity, to God, and I'm inspired to do something, and I know somebody in my family might rain on my parade if I would tell them or share this idea, I will not share that idea. I am going to be protective of the gift that has been given to me. That's how I look at inspiration. When you receive an idea, it's coming as a gift. You didn't pay for it. You may not even have asked for it. It woke you up at 2 in the morning or 2 in the afternoon and really raised its hand and said, Hey, I want to be born, and you're the person to bring it into birth. I would only share that idea with somebody that might be able to manifest it. Otherwise, that idea is between me and the divine. And it's up to me to take the baby steps, the big steps, whatever it takes, out of trust, out of uh, faith, that it's all going to work out and move forward to co-create it. But again, I would only share these ideas, and even today, uh, I live the lifestyle of the rich and famous, and I'm pr- pretty well known around the planet. I would still only share an inspired idea with a very few close people who would either encourage me, support me, or actually help me do something to manifest it. That's how, that's how protective I am of ideas even today.
0: And something tells me that when you treat an idea with such reverence, yes. they grow faster, more come to you,
1: that's, that's and you live exactly more
0: right. in the flow.
1: And that is so true. One of the reasons that I do have so many books out and so many audios and DVDs, and now I'm a musician with seven albums out, one of the reasons why is that when an idea comes to me, I know to honor it. I know to get it done, and I know by acknowledging it, by bringing it into being, the universe, if you will, is going to give me more. And as it gives me more, I keep acting on them, I keep creating them. The universe takes notice that, oh, this Joe Vitali guy, he likes these ideas, let's give him more. <laughs> and he not only likes them, but he brings them into being pretty quick. Well, let's reward him. That, and this isn't just true for me. I want everybody to understand that when you do this, when you honor these gifts from the from divinity to you, you get more, you get rewarded, you get acknowledged, and you are in what you just so beautifully called the flow, the flow of life where things move so much more easily and prosper so for, for you so much more easily.
0: So, So, Joe, for somebody who's listening right now who has that idea and also has a little bit of fear and trepidation wrapped around it, your advice, if I'm hearing this correctly, would be to keep the idea, surround yourself with people who support you, and take baby steps in that direction.
1: Is Absolutely that- correct. Uh, I would definitely say that. And I would say one more thing for those who might still be shaking in their boots because they're thinking, oh, I have an idea, but wow, uh, uh, you know, how do I do this and what will happen when I do it? Here's the million-dollar insight that I've had. Your wealth is hiding under the very thing you are afraid to do. Your wealth is hiding under the very thing you are afraid to do. I have seen this repeatedly in my own life. I have seen this in other people's lives. They're afraid to do something. They're, they have an idea, but they ask themselves the wrong questions. They say, who am I to do this? I don't have the money. I don't have the education. I don't have the experience. I don't have the connections. And they talk themselves out of it. They need to instead come from faith and say, hey, this idea came to me. I can do this. I may not know how to do this. I may not know all the steps to bring it into being, but at least I can take the very first step. Absolutely. And as you take that very first step, you can open up the door to bringing it into creation. So face the fears and actually use fear the energy of fear and move it into faith and take action to bring it into being
0: i love how you put that you know it's kind of funny because oftentimes when i've had those crazy inspired ideas and the first you know reaction that i have is well why me why would i and then i think wait a minute what if steve jobs or henry ford or helen keller or someone like that had said no to what came to them how different would the world be And perhaps, perhaps someone is waiting for me to take action on my dream.
1: And that's it. You know, what's important is taking action, whether you know what the end result's going to be or not. Uh, Can I tell you a real quick story about one of my early books? This is way back in the 1990s. And I think I might have had one book published because my first book was in 1985, but it wasn't a roaring success. My name wasn't known. I was still struggling it during that time period. And I received inspiration to check out this man who was famous in the 1920s. His name was Bruce Barton. He helped found BBDO, Batten, Barton, Durston, and Osborne, one of the largest advertising agencies in the world. His name was almost a household name in the 1920s and 30s, but then it disappeared. Well, for whatever reason, now note, I didn't have a reason. For whatever reason, this Bruce Barton character was now in my head, and I was being inspired to check him out. And I almost went on this obsessive search. And again, this is before the Internet. I'm going to the libraries. I'm doing all the research I can, trying to understand who was Bruce Barton. Why was he famous? What were his secrets to success? I did not know where that inspiration was taking me, but I followed it anyway. And I don't have money, I do not have a name, I am not already published with a track record for success, I haven't been in movies, there is no internet. So I am in a position here that from the outside world people would just say, Joe, it's kind of crazy, why are you pursuing a man that's virtually unknown today? Well, I would say, I don't know, but inspiration was urging me to do it. As a result of doing that, I ended up writing a book about him. Again, I didn't know it would turn into a book. It just sort of evolved into a book as I took the baby steps of trying to figure out who this guy was. The book was called The Seven Lost Secrets of Success. A friend of mine published it. A network marketing company heard of the book, bought 20,000 copies of it to give it to every single one of their employees. That book went through seven or eight printings. It was later picked up from a giant publisher who also gave me a big advance and everything. That book is still in print today, The Seven Lost Secrets of Success, still one of the most beloved books I have ever had the chance to write. But think back. I was inspired without knowing it would turn into a book, without knowing that 20,000 copies would go to one company, without knowing that it would go through so many reprints, without knowing that a big publisher would pick it up, without knowing that it's still in print today. All I knew was, huh, I'm inspired to check out Bruce Barton. I guess I'll do it.
0: And isn't that, isn't that funny, though, when we take those baby steps? You know, again, my listeners know this story, but you may not have been aware of it. Joe, we did the same thing. My daughter and I were inspired to write a song. And mm. I'm not a songwriter, but we wrote a song called Baby Come Back Home, and it was a tribute to the wives of the soldiers in Iraq. And long yes. story short, we took one step after another put one foot in front of the other, kept taking baby steps, and it ended up on a month-long tour of Iraq where we delivered the world's longest letter of love and support. And the, day, the week before we left, we had it on the floor of the U.S. Capitol building where Congress signed it, and wow. we actually took a scroll that was three feet tall by 18 and a half miles long to I Iraq. Guess. Now, if White you had House. told me I needed to do that, I would have said, you're crazy, I have no idea how to do that. But all I heard was one little inspired action after another. And what you're saying has such validity because it's the only way that I know how to live. It works.
1: It absolutely works. That is a beautiful story, and it just backs up what I just said, and this is what everybody needs to hear. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what your status is, what your bank account is. When inspiration is knocking at your door, no matter what it's asking you to do, In my experience, that's the divine calling. You can say God is on the phone, and what God is saying is, here's what we would like you to do. And you do have free will, what I actually sometimes call free won't, and you can say, (laughs) no, I I don't really want to do that. And you're allowed to bypass and skip the inspiration. My experience has been, though, when you don't follow inspiration, Life is a lot bumpier.
0: Yeah, it's like banging your head against a wall. When instead, yes, you're
1: trying, it's you're so trying much to do easier. it from ego alone when inspiration and intuition and divinity is trying to show you the escalator through life.
0: Well, we know better, right? <laughs> I'm saying that quite facetiously.
1: <laughs> that's what that's we think, but we certainly don't.
0: Exactly. Well, Joe, at this point, I mean, first off, my I know I'm going to go find the seven lost secrets of success and I've got to read that, absolutely. But talk to us a little bit about the new book you have right now. I believe it's called At Zero?
1: Yeah, At Zero is a follow-up to a best-selling book I wrote seven years ago. Uh, That book was called Zero Limits. It took the world by storm. It was the first book to introduce a Hawaiian healing method called Ho'oponopono to the mainstream world and boy did the mainstream world really eat that up i mean most people absolutely change their lives because of that simple method in there but some people actually rebelled against it and and were irked by the idea of taking full responsibility for their lives which is one of the cornerstones of the book and ho'oponopono well seven years have passed i've heard all the questions i've heard so many stories of miracles from people i've been practicing this method for ten years so I had my own insights and depth and all of that. And so I, I was inspired. There's that inspiration again. Mid-last year, I was inspired. It was a little bit like divinity knocking at my heart saying, okay, it's time for you to write the sequel to Zero Limits. And I paused and said, really? I didn't think there was a sequel. But inspiration said, oh, yeah, and now is the time. Excellent. So I ended up writing what uh, is called At Zero, The Quest for Miracles Through Pono. And this is the final secret to Zero Limits. It's the follow-up to the famous book, and, and, and it just came out at zero.
0: Well, congratulations in advance on the success that we know will be happening from that book. And to our listeners, you guys know how to do this. Just come on back to inspiremetoday.com. Go to the search box, put in Joe Vitale or Dr. Joe Vitale, and we'll make sure you have the link there to click and just go buy the book right now. We'll make it easy for you, because uh, it's this sounds like one that you know. Joe, let me ask you this: to read, do we need to read the first one before we read the second? Would that make more sense?
1: Uh, No, not at all. Um, At zero begins with a a quick recap of what was in the first book, so people are quickly brought up to speed. And then we take them from there to uh, the sky's the limit kind of an approach.
0: Excellent. Well, it sounds like a lot of this might be covered in your book, but one of the questions that I do have for you is, Hmm. do you have specific steps or practices, almost like a regular routine or a ritual that you do each and every day that kind of keep you on track?
1: I do, and I love that question. And it is Ho'oponopono. Again, that's the Hawaiian healing methodology that I write about in the new book, At Zero. And in essence, it's a kind of a prayer. It's a cleansing or clearing technique to keep me, meaning Joe Vitale's ego, out of the way of hearing divinity speak to me. And I'm going to tell your listeners what it is because it's very simple. You're saying four phrases within yourself to your connection to your creator. And I say that specifically because somebody might say my creator is God. Somebody else will say divinity. Somebody else will say Uh, nature or Gaia, they'll have different words for this energy field that we all give a bow to. And these four sentences are, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. Those four sentences are a kind of a petition. It's a prayer. You're saying them inside yourself. You can say them outside, but not to another person. Again, pretending you're speaking to your creator. And you're asking the creator to erase, delete, remove negativity, limiting beliefs, uh, paradigms and mindsets that no longer serve you. And what's the reason for all of this? So we can hear inspiration. Hmm. I do this even now as you and I talk and you ask me questions. The background audio loop in my head are the sentences. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you because I keep it going as a kind of a meditation to keep me as much as possible clear internally so I can be inspired to give the best answers and be of best service to people and be open to receiving what divinity wants me to say or do or experience next.
0: So It, sound, home, it sounds so easy, Joe. I mean, can it really be that simple?
1: Absolutely. The famous story is that uh, a therapist... Used it to help heal an entire ward of mentally ill criminals in Hawaii. And that was the nucleus for me to write the first book, and I recount wow. it in the second book. And then when you stop and think, wait a minute, if Halaponopono, this simple four sentence process speaking to divinity, helped heal an entire ward of mentally ill criminals, I mean, criminals who were shackled or sedated on a daily basis, then how can it help us when we have our little minor things like uh, road rage or. Uh, neighbors who upset us, or disappointments in life. I mean, we can easily handle what we perceive to be the big problems because it's already been proven to work on a giant scale. And after 10 years of hearing all the stories, I know people have used this for everything from health to finances to relationships to helping to heal their pets. I mean, anything and everything that probably anybody can name has been used, has been helped with Ho'oponopono in this simple process.
0: So, Joe, how deep do you go? How long does this take? So, in other words, I even mean, you mentioned that you've got it kind of like an unconscious loop in your brain, that it's there with you all the time. But mm-hmm. for somebody just starting, when you say, I'm sorry, do you then sit down and make the litany of reasons of what you're sorry for? And yeah. you know what I mean? How How deep do you go?
1: Yeah, you don't have to do any of the writing down, you don't have to be thinking specifically of beliefs you're trying to clear. It's more a matter of there's an issue going on in a person's life. Maybe they're frustrated. Maybe they're worried. Maybe they're disappointed. Maybe they're angry. There's something going on in their lives. That's what you want to hold on to, is that you have a feeling. There's an upset of some sort. As you're feeling that upset, you're saying inside of yourself, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you, to your creator, to your connection. And basically what you're saying to it is I'm sorry for being unconscious to whatever my beliefs are that created this. Please forgive me for the mindset that I either created or acquired. Whatever it is, it's here, and I need to let it go. Thank you for taking care of this, for deleting this, for erasing this, for cleaning up my mindset so that I can have, do, and be what I want and be available to inspiration. And I love you for my life, for healing me, for clearing me, for taking care of me and my perceptions. So the four statements are actually a shorthand for a longer process. And again, I write about it in the new book at zero. But nobody really even needs the book. I mean, if people just started saying as often as they can think of it, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you, and they can say it in any order, uh, that they want, and they can say it for as long as they want, but if they just start doing that as a kind of a meditation practice, they can quickly see changes going on in their lives. And it's that simple, really. For me, when I first started doing it, I consciously had to tell myself, okay, remember to say the four stages or the four sentences. Now, after so much time, it's second nature, just like any habit will be if you just keep consciously pursuing it. And as you consciously pursue it, it becomes second nature. As it's second nature, it's part of your life. For me, I don't ever want to stop saying the four phrases. I look at it like it's the street sweepers who come out at 3 in the morning and they clean my path through life. I don't really think about getting in my car and driving off and why the streets are clean, but because somebody went out at 3 in the morning and cleaned them, I can drive without interruption. Well, this is the same parallel in life. As long as I keep saying, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, my life gets cleaned before I even get to the next moment. That street sweeper of life is going ahead and keeping me open to the next inspiration.
0: I love it. Specifically, you're catching me on a cleanse day today. I'm actually doing a 30-day cleanse, and today's one of my cleanse days. And ah. I'm thinking, well, if I'm cleansing my body physically... What a terrific time to cleanse my body mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and every other way as well.
1: That is perfect.
0: Good stuff. Joe, I am so grateful that we finally connected after all these years. As I mentioned to you earlier, you were one of the original 50 that made the list of people that I wanted to interview for Inspire Me Today because I, so I know much. that our audience will absolutely love the insights that you've already shared. My, my my, question, I guess, that Inspire Me Today is known for, and you may have already said a lot of this, so feel free to repeat it if you need to. But if you were to summarize your greatest wisdom, Joe, what have you learned in life that you'd want to pass on to others right here, right now?
1: The most important thing is to follow your passion. It is the clue to your life calling, your life mission. When you start following your passion, you live this inspired life and there's much more energy, there's much more joy, there's much more enthusiasm, there's more gusto to life, and things tend to work out better, and they work out faster. So for me, when people ask, how did I get here, all I did was follow my passion, and that's what I think is the secret to leading an inspired life. You can inspire yourself and everybody else when you follow your passion.
0: That's excellent. And you know the one thing I really love about you, Joe, is Mm. the passion can change. At one point, it was writing and then speaking, and now I understand you're doing music.
1: I am, and you know what? Two months ago, I picked up the saxophone, and here at the age of 60, I'm completely learning a kind of weird, unusual, but totally thrilling instrument, and I didn't know I was going to do that, but I'm just following my passion. Never know where it's going to stop off and say, hey, Joe, go on in there and party.
0: Joe Vitale, live at Carnegie Hall, saxophone performance. Yeah, I can see it. This is, this I is excellent. That. Why not?
1: I well, love how you think. Well,
0: you know, I, my next question is one that I've had the opportunity to ask all of our luminaries, as young as six mm-hmm. and as old as 104. And wow. I'm especially looking forward to your answer on this one, Joe, because you've already done all kinds of things in your life. Mm-hmm. So the question is, if you had just one more thing that you could accomplish your experience in your lifetime, what would it be?
1: End homelessness. I actually started a movement, and I'm coming out with a book um, called Operation Yes, Y-E-S, meaning Your Economic Solution, as my stand up and tell the world that we can end homelessness and poverty in this country. It's an idea whose time has come But I would absolutely love to experience the reality of it being here now. So ending homelessness, ending poverty, let's do that.
0: Wow. You have our wholehearted support behind that. And if there's anything that we can do to partner or to assist you in any way, you just reach out and let us know and we're there. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait to read the books, The Seven Lost Secrets of Success. I'm going to go find And I guess the other thing I want to remind everybody is go to attractmoneynow.com and download Joe's gift that he's giving to you today, and then come on back to Inspire Me today. Go to the search box, put in Dr. Joe Vitale, and go buy his brand new book because something tells me that that's going to help all of us not only change our belief system but support those changes in such a healthy, wholesome way that our lives are going to rock even more than they already do. So, Joe, I really appreciate you taking the time. Is there anything else that you'd like to share or add in closing?
1: Uh, gratitude is the number one thing that we can practice to transform our lives in a moment. So if somebody's in fear or they're struggling in some way, they have to look around and say what they're thankful for, something they're genuinely thankful for to open up their heart again. And I just want to say I am amazingly, deeply, thoroughly grateful for you for this interview and for what you're doing and inspiring people i'm very flattered and honored to be here but i am so deeply grateful and that's a that's where i'm coming from and i also encourage everybody else to experience gratitude right now to transform their lives
0: Mm, such a warm fuzzy feeling thank you joe i really appreciate your saying that and uh, again Come on back to Inspire Me Today. Go to the search box. Put in Dr. Joe Vitale. We'll give you all the links there. And by the way, you've got to read his Today's Brilliance because it's one that when I read it, I just said, I have to to find this guy. I've got to interview him because it's so moving, so touching, so inspiring, for lack of a better word. So, Joe, thank you again for that. And to our listeners, thank you for spending part of your day with us. Come on back again next week. We'll bring you inspiration from another incredible luminary. And until then, remember, it's only when you have the courage to step off the ledge that you'll realize you've had wings all along. We're here for you. We love you. We'll see you again tomorrow. And thanks again for stopping by.